What's going on, everybody? This is the Feed to Embiid podcast, and I am your host, Austin Krell. The Sixers today finalized the trade to bring in Jimmy Butler from the Timberwolves, giving up um, Dario Saric and Robert Covington, along with Jared Bayless and a second-round pick. Sixers, in return, get, obviously, Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton. Butler will wear number 23. Landry Shannon was kind enough to give it up to him. Shannon will then will switch to one, which he did starting tonight in tonight's game. Um, lots to talk about tonight. The Sixers, on the, on, on, on the night that the, that the trade was announced unofficially, they played in Memphis. This this coming after a, a, a nail-biting overtime victory against the, the Hornets. Sixers were clearly undermanned. They only had um, the starting five plus four... Plus four bench players available. Uh, Mike Muscala was missing, missed the game due to a fractured nose. Uh, Wilson Chandler cannot play in the back-to-back yet because of his because of his injury recovery. So they were really undermanned. Jonah Bolden played 15 minutes to give you perspective on that. TJ McConnell played 34 minutes to give you perspective. For for Con Korkmaz played tw- uh, played 23 minutes. Um, and the rest was normal, as to be expected. Um, it was clear that they were exhausted from all of the emotions of the day and the travel and, and, and the game the previous night in overtime. Embiid, 39 minutes. Simmons, 38 minutes. Fultz, 25 minutes. Redick, 34 minutes. Shamit, 43 minutes. Shamit played the most minutes of anybody on the team, which is kind of a shocker. Um... You could really tell the exhaustion because they, they they couldn't get any anything under their shots. I mean, Embiid shot zero of six from three, and the fact that he was he took six threes, despite you know the fact that he kept shooting them after he started out zero of three, zero of four, kind of indicated how tired he was. Because if he if he wasn't tired, he knows how strong he is now. Clearly, he would have said, "I'm not making them from outside tonight. I'm going to go bury myself in the post." and get easy buckets that way. He did not do that. He chose to stay out in the perimeter because he was tired, because he didn't feel like his back was, you know, his back was probably sore. He didn't feel like putting his legs through it, and that's fine. Um, 0 of 6 from 3, 6 of 10 from the free throw line, 4 of 15 from the field. A very uncharacteristic uh, game for him. It had 5 fouls, 6 turnovers, which I think is a season high for him, 14 points, 16 rebounds, um, Ben Simmons, 18 points on 9 of 15 shooting, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 6 turnovers as well. Um, Fultz, 14 points on 7 of 9 in 25 minutes. Redick, 20 points on 8 of 12 shooting. Landry Shamit, uh, was at, I think Landry Shamit hurt them a lot on Saturday night. You look at what, he, what they lost the game by, um, and... Um, he he shot. You know they lost the game by six in overtime. Again, he shot two of thirteen from the field, one of eleven from three for five points. So that was probably a, you know, a, an uninspiring performance. It hurt them. Uh, I'm I bet because if someone else is getting some of those shots, 
there's a, there's a better chance that they're making them. And so you got to think, well, maybe if he doesn't take 13 shots, maybe there's a different outcome to this game. Um, Jonah Bolden, nothing off the bench, a couple of rebounds, a couple of steals, no fouls, no turnovers. Um, Amir Johnson, seven points in 14 minutes, uh, four rebounds, one block. Uh, McConnell, 16 points, his best game of the year, three rebounds, seven assists, one steal, one block. Um, this, this is not, this is no news, but when McConnell gets playing time, he produces traditionally. Fricon Korkmaz, 12 points on four of eight shooting, four rebounds, two assists, two steals. Um, so you look at their production from the perimeter, eight of 31 from three, 25%, that's not going to get it done. Uh, 10 of 16 from the free throw line for 62%, that's not going to get it done either. But all in all, despite being very shorthanded, and quite honestly, playing some of their JV players in, in Bolden and Korkmaz. Um, the Sixers hung in with, with the Grizzlies team who had their full array of weapons available to them. They ran 10 deep compared to the Sixers' 9 deep. Um, and they also, I believe, had a bit of rest to come into the game, didn't have to travel anywhere. They were at home. Um, and it took them pretty much every basket to win this game. They won by six in overtime, but they needed every last shot to get to overtime. So the Sixers, if they had had their full arsenal, if they, had, if they hadn't traded for Butler and they had Covington Sharich, they probably win this game pretty handily. If Butler had been there for that game, they probably would have won this game. Would have won the game hand, handily. But you know they walk away with with, with, with a difficult loss. They had a, a sixteen point lead in this game. They dropped to one and six on the road, um, and it is what it is. I wasn't too. I usually get pretty upset after Sixers losses, especially like this. Uh, because every road game is valuable, every win is valuable, and another blown lead is 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 something that you don't want to see. But then you got to think about these guys are these guys left from from their overtime game last night in Philly, took a flight to Memphis, probably didn't get there till two three in the morning, right? And then you got shoot around in the morning, you got film session, you got um, you got, you got rest, you got you got rehab, take care of this and that. And then you're playing a ton of minutes, more so than what you're used to playing. Um, and I'm sure that, yes, while they built a 16-point lead, they probably ran out of gas at some point in the third quarter. That's when the lead sort of deteriorated. Um, they were up by 13 going into halftime. They were up by um, 6 going into the fourth quarter. And then that was really the rest of the game there. Um, but you sort of have to walk away from this game saying, yeah, it's a loss and it counts as any loss counts. But at the same time, I don't know that, I don't know that a lot of teams in their position shorthanded on the back end of a back to back on the road. I don't know that many teams other than the Golden State Warriors would have pulled this game out, especially being as shorthanded as they are and having to go with guys like Korkmaz and Bolden with significant minutes. So, I'm not too upset about the loss, especially when you know that Jimmy Butler's coming in. Um, just you, know, you take the hit, wait, wait, wait two days, and then you play the next game, and then you know help is you know help is on the way, and you also know that they're going to get better because they they now have three, um, they have they now have, they now have a big three to work with. So I'm not too worried at all. They're in Miami tonight for a rematch of the first round series against the Heat. The Heat 
were three and four at home coming in, five and seven overall. Sixers eight and six, looking for their second road win of the year. Um, and they 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 played tremendous tonight. Really. Um, we'll start out with with the starters. With the trade officially going through today, the starters were Wilson Chandler, Embiid, Simmons, Fultz, and Redick. They had Mascala available tonight, um, and that meant that one of their bench players from last game that got significant minutes was not going to play, and that happened to be Jonah Bolden. Um, but Wilson Chandler played 23 minutes, Embiid 36, Simmons 35, Fultz 25, Redick 31, Mascala 27, Amir Johnson 2, TJ McConnell 14, Korkmaz 22, Shamit 24. Um, you look at Wilson Chandler did tonight in his in his the most he the most playing time he's gotten all year. That isn't any sort of a, a damnation on him. That's just more along the lot. That's just that's just he's on a minutes restriction coming back from his injury. And this was really the breakthrough game where they said we need all hands on deck. We need him to play. They said that they were going to be on a, on a minutes restriction for a little while, and it's only been about three or four games. And he's and they already expect the minutes restriction to be lifted in the coming games. Chandler two of three for five points, one rebound, three assists, one steal. Um, Embiid again continuing his monstrous performance and the monstrous trend that he has had so far this season. 35 points, 18 rebounds, 3 assists, only 2 turnovers, only 1 single foul. Absolutely unbelievable performance by Embiid tonight. Arguably his best game of the year. I know the points aren't 40, you know, it isn't his season high in points, but only to only commit 2 turnovers and 1 foul is absolutely tremendous. He's giving his team the best chance to win playing in this game. 8 of 15 from the floor. That's another thing. 15 shots to get 35 points. 3 of 4 from 3-point range. You can see that 3-point shot coming along ever so slightly. Some games will go 0 of 4. Other games will go 3 of 4. I just, you just need him to shoot above 30%. And right now, it is my belief that he is shooting just a tad under under 30%. 1 of 1 for, at a 4.2 on average. That's good for 27%. So a little, a little significant, a bit, a bit significant in the disparity between thirty percent and what, where he's at right now, but I expect that to come up a little bit, especially with Butler on the way. Uh, he's averaging twenty eight points a game on the year. Is Embiid with thirteen rebounds? He is absolutely putting up MVP caliber numbers. I don't care what anybody says. People who say otherwise are just simply anti Embiid, anti Sixer. Um, three or four from the three point line, as I said. 16 of 20 from the foul line. He continues to get to the foul line at an absurd rate, and he continues to convert those free throws. 80.3% on the year. He is a 77.9% shooter. He's also taken almost an aberration in terms of his volume of attempts. His career average is about 7.9 a game. He's at a 10.5 per game. That is a huge jump in free throws for him. So 16 to 20 from the line tonight continues to be above 80%. And if he continues at this rate of above 80% on 10 plus attempts per night, he's going to creep up there in terms of at, over the course of a season averaging um, 
27, 28, 29 points, maybe even getting to 30 points a game for the season. Um, ben Simmons, a little bit more of a pedestrian game compared to what he's done of late, but 13 points for him in 35 minutes, seven rebounds, seven assists, one steal. Continues to di- have, di- have difficulty with the turnovers um, with, with four tonight. Markel Fultz, very weird game for him, definitely disappointing. Five points on two of eight shooting, one of three from the free throw line, two rebounds, five assists, no turnover, no turnovers, two fouls. He missed this ridiculously awful free throw in which he, um, it was sort of like a double clutch from the free throw line. It was, it was the most profound, most violent hitch I think we've ever seen out of Fultz in his um, short career thus far. And at the beginning portions of the game, it came out that Drew Hanlon and he had split ways um, and that the relationship had, 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 deteriorate, had deteriorated around three weeks ago. Obviously, in the last week, Hanlon made the, the tweet, Twitter comments about how Fultz is not healthy. So, there, and there's no reason as to, at this time as to why or what happened to end their relationship. But obviously, it seems as though Fultz is not working with Hanlon anymore, although MB will continue to work with Hanlon. Um, but, the, but if he doesn't have a trainer there who, who knows what they're doing and has experience, that shot's going to regress. And it looked as though it regressed tonight from the free throw line. However, his mid-range jumper continues to look absolutely fine. This is this has really become one of the weirdest, and it was it was the weirdest case of sort of a, a it was the weirdest mystery in NBA history, definitely at least one of them. But the fact that he can shoot jumpers that look fine and his free throw looks ridiculous, it is a very weird situation, and it looks as if it's it looks. I'm not, I'm I, you know I'm not a doctor, I'm not a professional, I'm not gonna act like I know what's going on in his head, but it looks. It looks as if it is mental from the free throw line. It looks as if there's some disconnect as he, as he's about to take the shot compared to when, when the shot finally is released because something's not right there. It doesn't make sense as to why it happens only when he shoots free throws. Redick, twenty five points, eleven of twenty from the field from the from the field, three of nine from three. JJ Redick continues to struggle a little bit, although as I've said in previous episodes. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's getting older and the fact that there aren't that many shooters on this on on this roster right now. Um, I think it puts him in a, in a tough spot because teams have figured out how to play the Sixers defensively. They figured out that you can just pack the paint on, on Simmons. They figured out that Fultz won't shoot. They know that the only shooter on the team who's a legitimate, consistent threat is J.J. Redick. So they just play Redick hard. They, they, force, him to, they force him to... Fight around screens and 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 work through dribble handoffs. And by that time, he, by the time he gets to the handoff and he gets a good look, he's probably he's got to be exhausted. And so, he's not getting a lot of great open looks, and as a result, he's missing shots. He's thirty five percent from three this season, forty one percent for his career, um, averaging seventeen point four points a game, which is about right where he was last year. Um, but I expect with Butler's, uh, with Butler being there, I I I'm of the belief that his production will will get back will go back to normal because it'll be nearly impossible for teams to to just sort of uh, stick airtight to him. So you have to worry about Embiid's Embiid's offensive skill set, Butler's skill set, 
And I think that having Butler there is really going to help not only Simmons and Embiid, who are the obvious pieces, but Redick a lot. Mascala, 13 points in 27 minutes. This is his first game back since hurting the uh, since breaking his nose. He's wearing a mask. 3 of 11 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3. 4 of 5 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 1 beautiful assist towards the end of the game. Um, and I, it appears that Mascala has really put himself in a position where he might even be an upgrade over Ursan Eliasova. He's certainly a better defender. Might be a little less of an accurate shooter or consistent shooter. Granted, you have to give him a bit of a curve because he is wearing a mask, and those masks can be very irritating. But he's a, he's a tremendous passer from the high post. He gets rebounds. He's somewhat athletic to an extent, certainly more so than Eliasova. And I think he's a much better defender than Ilyasova was. So the Sixers might have found themselves a nice piece to the bench in, the, in Muscala. Maybe even an upgrade from Ilyasova. Um, Amir Johnson, two minutes, nothing really at all. One, one, assist, one, one assist, one foul. Um, it really seems as though he has aged terribly. Uh, he has a history of injury and he wasn't that athletic to begin with. So... I think age has hit. I think the thirties have hit him pretty hard. Nonetheless, with Mescala back, it appears as though Johnson is just about on the verge of being out of the rotation. I would imagine with with, with Butler coming in, um, they'll probably work a small ball lineup a lot. And one thing, one thing to keep in mind is that Butler is not necessarily doesn't have to be a shooting guard. He's six eight two forty. That's a fair. That's a that's a that's a pretty capable size where you can play shooting guard. Small forward, a little bit of small ball power forward. He is also one of the best defenders in the league. He could, he could definitely guard one through five. So and and if and if need be, he knows how to run an offense. He he can he he's he's known to be a good isolation player. He can run the point if need be too. So with him coming in, I think that that will probably take Amir Johnson out of the rotation. You'll see um, you'll see a lot of. Simmons, Redick, Butler, Embiid, and Chandler, I believe. You'll see combinations with Shamit and maybe Corkmaz if they don't trade him. Although I think he's probably, if I had to guess, I would think he'd be traded soon. Especially when you know that Kyle Korver is available. But I guess we will have to wait and see. Um, but... I think with 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 Butler coming in and you going sm- more more small ball, I think that takes Amir Johnson out of the rotation. McConnell, fourteen minutes, two points, oh four from the field, two made free throws, one rebound, two steals. TJ McConnell continues to be a tremendous defensive piece off the bench. He's he's a, a spark plug to this team and he ignites the team. Not only the way he plays, but the way that, or, well, I think the way the way he plays is very, is very reflective of the Sixers' culture in Philadelphia. Philadelphians resonate with with McConnell. They, they they feel like he's one of them, and they play off his energy. And I and I think that he's an important part of this team in terms of waking them up when they're asleep, being a, a good role model to Fultz and other guards, understanding his role and being a mentor, and then also when they're asleep making those plays that ignite the energy. Korkmaz, uh, tw- uh, 16 points in 22 minutes, 5 of 9 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 
three of three from the free throw line, four rebounds, one steal, five fouls. So Korkmaz, I think it's pretty well known that he is not a playable defender. You're never going to have him in any lineup, any lineup that you're looking to play excellent defense with. He's a he's pretty slow, not very athletic, but he can shoot the ball very well. Had a four point play tonight. He's also a very capable cutter. He knows um, he knows he knows how to he, he knows when when to work the back door. He knows when to find a when 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 to make a move towards the basket to get hit, for a teammate to hit him with a pass. He can finish, and I think that he was a a very important piece in the win tonight. Sixteen points off the bench, and I think the Sixers now have to think. Do we not have that piece already off of our bench? We have to go out and make a trade. I think that for, while Korkmaz might have earned himself some minutes in the short term, if I had to guess, I would think his career in Philadelphia is probably not far from being over. I just don't think that he, there's a future for him on this team, especially with Butler coming in. Um, and I think that they want to win now, and I think that he doesn't help you win big games now. I think a guy like Kyle Korver with more playoff experience, a better team defender, and an absolute sniper helps you do that. So I could see him be, uh, being sent away with a second-round pick in a trade to the Cavaliers for Korver. Shamit, I think, is a part of the future for this team. 24 minutes off the bench, 3 of 5 from the field, 2 of, two, two of 4 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line for 10 points, 1 assists, 4 fouls. He's still figuring out the ropes. He's still trying to figure out his role as a combo guard on this team. He's dominantly a shooting guard, but he can play a little bit of point guard. Um, I think he just learned the ropes. He was an excellent late first-round pick by the Sixers. They don't often nail those. They don't really often really nail anything in the first round ever. Um, that's, why we're in the, that's why we're in the situation with Fultz. Um, but that was one of their better picks in recent memory, without a doubt. The key tonight for the Sixers, 15 of 36 from the three-point line. That's good for 41%. From the free throw line, 31 of 39 for 80%. Right where you they right where they where they need to be to stay competitive on a nightly basis. 10 made threes, 75% or better from the free throw line. They will win a lot of games. On defensive on 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 other areas where, where they need to improve dramatically, they did so tonight. Only nine turnovers as a team. That is tremendous improvement for them. They had 23, I believe, in the in the loss to Memphis. Only nine tonight. And they picked up an excellent road win over a very formidable opponent, despite what their record says in the Miami Heat. Um, so, all in all, a wild week for the Sixers. Um, obviously, they won, the, they won the game in Indiana last week. They won at home and a and a and a and a thriller against the, the the Hornets. They win. They go to Memphis. They lose in the in the tail end of a back to back. And they go to Miami tonight and they pick up a second road win of the year. They've had two impressive road wins against difficult teams, and now next game Jimmy Butler will be making his debut. He will be a starter. Brett Brown says that he has already decided who will be the replacement. I think. The, the, I think the elephant in the room is that it's got to be Fultz. I think you'll see lineups where, as I said previously, um, Butler will be a small ball four, so you might see something like um, Muscala at the five. Um, Muscala, Muscala at the five. Um, 
Butler at the four. Redick at the three. Shabbat at the two. And what what have you. He will probably play also play a lot m- more small ball three. So you'll you'll see lineups where he, I don't think you'll see a lot of small four, uh, you know, him being a four lineups where that's it's super small, but you'll see a lot of him being a three where you'll have Muscala, Simmons, um, or Muscala, Chandler, Butler, Redick, and someone else, maybe Shamit. Um, but I think that this this trade allows them to go much smaller and more versatile. It it also improves their isolation scoring. The Sixers are, as a team, in the bottom ten percent of, of um of of isolation scoring. Um, they are actually the fourth worst team in the NBA at it, but but uh, in front of only the Hawks, Knicks, and Mavericks. Knicks and Mavericks are tankers, so the Sixers are nowhere near. No, they obviously did not have that man who can go and get himself a bucket when he needs. They didn't have that killer before. Embiid's, in some sense, is a killer, but he just is not quick enough or athletic enough to be that guy who can go get you a bucket from anywhere on the floor. And Butler has more experience. And so I think with Butler beginning on Tuesday, Amir Johnson will... Sorry, with, with Butler... Making his debut Wednesday against the Magic in Orlando. Amir will be out of the rotation. Muscala will be the backup five. You'll see Chandler at four. Simmons at four. Butler at three. Butler at two. Redick at two. Redick at one. Shaman at one and two. Fultz at one most of the time. And I think that this really creates a new flavor to the Sixers offense. It really adds some diversity to what they can do no longer is it just going to be dribble handoffs they can still use that but it doesn't have to be that every single time down the floor it doesn't have to be so predictable they now have a guy who they can say clear out he's taking the shot he's gonna he's gonna get us a bucket they now have a killer out there who can go and win a game for you they have a guy who knows when when who realizes when he smells blood and they haven't had that in a while and so, yes, you do lose some depth in Covington. You do lose some depth in Sharich. But what you do get is a top 20 player in the NBA on both sides of the ball. I would guess he's a top 10 player in terms of defense. He's certainly a top three shooting guard in the NBA. Um, but... And while he is ball dominant, he does love to beat the ball into the ground with, what uh, you know, with with isolation dribbling, and likes to stall the offense a little bit. I think in the half court offense, where the Sixers struggle mightily to to create any looks at all, I do believe that Jimmy Butler will make their lives a hell of a lot easier. It'll open up the lanes for Shamit, for Simmons. I mean. It'll take all the pressure off of Embiid where he won't be forced to create things and then and then, and then commit bad turnovers. Riddick will get better looks at the rim. And they just have so much more versatility now on the wings. Chandler, Fultz, Simmons, 
Butler, all of these guys can now play multiple positions. They can now switch on defense. And while they can while, while they lost that those perfect fits in the spot up shooters, they needed a third star desperately. It was so obvious. Um teams like the Raptors, teams like the Celtics, like the Bucks, they all have well, the Bucks are different because they have an absolute superstar in the Greek freak who they've surrounded with tremendous shooters who fit him very well. And so that's why they're winning games. But the Raptors now have one of the top five best players in the NBA in Kawhi Leonard to go along with Kyle Lowry. And they've surrounded him with those guys with the best supporting role players and the best bench in the NBA. Celtics have multiple guys who can kill you. And so... Yes, while you lost those spot-up shooters, and while one was a tremendous defender, neither of them was very athletic. Neither of them was very con- was necessarily that consistent, although Sharge was much more consistent than Covington was in terms of shooting. While Butler is not the shooter that those guys were, he is every bit the all-star that they are not. And you can go and you can find a guy like Trevor Ariza this summer to fill in a role for like Covington played. You can go and you can go, you can go find a glue guy who can shoot the ball like Sharge. But it is not so easy to go and get a guy like Jimmy Butler in free agency. And the Sixers saw that this summer when they had all of this money to spend fresh off of a playoff appearance with two young superstars and no one bit. They got nobody. And so they said, we got to go and we got to do this ourselves. We got to go out there and we got to go trade somebody and, and bring them in here and then make them stay. And that's what, the, and that's what they're doing. There are not a lot of Jimmy Butler's out there. There are not a lot of Jimmy Butler's out there. Not a lot of All-Stars who are readily available. Not a lot in the situation where Butler was in where he was demanding a trade. There are very many guys who play tremendous defense, who can shoot 37% from three, and can be that glue guy. There are a lot of Dario Sharches out there. There are a lot of Robert Covingtons out there. I know you don't like to admit it, but and this is because we're Philadelphia fans. This is because we're Philadelphians. And Sharch was a was was just sort of played into our hearts with his maximum effort, with his shooting. Covington was a feel good story. We gave him a lot of crap, but he was one of us. We and we 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 appreciated him. At least some of us did. Um but those guys were not going to be the difference. It, does, it didn't matter how good Simmons or Embiid got or how much they improved. Covington and Sharich were not going to get it done. And it's clear as day that Markel Fultz, barring some complete change of mentality or whatever it might be, it's pretty clear that Brian Colangelo botched that trade, botched that pick, and now the writing is on the wall, courtesy of Belton Brand in acquiring Jamie Butler, that Markel Fultz is not the guy. And it is clear as day that they are accepting that fact, and they know it. If they thought otherwise, they would not have traded for Jamie Butler, and they most certainly would not have done it with the intention 
that they had in doing the trade, which was we're going to trade for him and then we're going to sign him to a max contract this summer. All of that is another way of saying Markel Fultz is not the guy who we think he is. At the very least, to put it nicely, he is not the guy who we thought he is right now. And right now is where we need him the most. And they quite simply, quite honestly, do not have the window and the time to wait for Markel Fultz to come along, if he does come along. As Just as the window is open with these young players, it is closing fast. You have Toronto, you have Boston, you have Milwaukee. Those teams are improving all the time. Boston has... Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving back. They're struggling right right now, but they will be fine. You have to be ignorant to not think that they're going to find their way back into being an elite team. The Greek freak has come out of, you know, he 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 isn't come out of nowhere, but he's been sensational this year. And under um, under Mike Budenholzer, the new head coach, in the system he's he's indoctrinated in the culture he's in, installed. That team has figured it out. The Raptors are better. And the Sixers were on the cusp of falling into this hole where they were better than mediocre. They were better than most. But they were not a legitimate contender in the East. And that's not even... That's not even addressing the West. With this trade for Jimmy Butler... I'm, and I'm operating under the assumption that he will resign. By making this trade, you have formed a big three for the long term. Should it work? I'm assuming it's going to work. I'm assuming he's going to fit well. And I'm assuming that he's going to sign long term. You have found that you you have you have built a big three. You've acquired a third all star. And you have thrown yourself right back into the mix. Amongst the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Bucks. And you previously had no chance. You now went from a a should win first round team, but will probably be uncompetitive in a second round team, to they should win the second round series. They should force a six seven game conference finals. They should get to the finals. Elton Brand made a move that he needed to make to make this team not the process, but the result. Six years ago, we started with Sam Hinkie. He traded Drew Holiday for Nerlens Noel and drafted McCarr Williams. He drafted Dario Saric. Or, sorry, he drafted... Um, What's that guy's name? Alfred Payton. He drafted Alfred Payton and traded him to the Magic for Dario Saric. He developed Robert Covington. Or, he sorry, he signed Robert Covington, who then his coach, who he chose, Brett Brown, then developed... He got a little bit out of Nerlens Noel, a little bit out of Jaleel before. 
He got Embiid. He got Simmons. Of course, Hinky was then resigned before he got Simmons, but Colangelo inherited Embiid and Simmons and the rest of the roster. He made the trade to get Fultz, who then clearly has not panned out. Elton Brand came in, took over, and Elton Brand cashed in Dario Saric and Robert Covington for Jimmy Butler. Now you can frame it however you want to frame it. You can say, oh, well, Jimmy Butler requested a trade. This would never have happened if it wasn't for that. And that's, that's, that's a fair point. But this trade does not happen if you don't extend Robert Covington, if you don't give him a chance, if you don't draft Dario Saric. So this all comes back to Hinky's concept of we're going to acquire assets for the long term and then cash them in. The process is complete, and it is now time for the result. The Sixers will play again on Wednesday. They will play the Orlando Magic in Orlando. Jimmy Butler will make his debut. And we will see you right back here for post-game coverage following that game. A quick message from our sponsors before we sign out for the night. Do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgunning time at parties? Go check out our boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a, is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a bottle opener, tap puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. Check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra with a K. For a 10% discount on all Cobra products, enter the code Trust the Cobra 10, all capitals, all one word. Pick up yours today. The, the Feed to Embiid and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution of the presentation without written permission of the sponsor is prohibited. Copyright the Feed to Embiid 2018. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will be back Wednesday for post-game coverage of Jimmy Butler's debut against the Magic. I'm gonna leave you with one word with, with a couple of a couple of, of things tonight. Having acquired Jimmy Butler, the process is effectively over. Having traded Robert Covington and Dario Saric to the Minnesota Timberwolves for all-star Jimmy Butler. It is now time for the result. Have a good night.